0: Always when I was speaking in different places, I had to get oriented up here, down here, over there. (laughs) It is good to be in the house of the Lord and be with you guys. And I'm going to share the first scripture lesson, and then we'll go on from there. And in case people don't know who is this crazy guy, what's going on? Yeah, I was born and raised in this community. I am Bruce Dunham, and uh, I'm a full-time missionary in the Caribbean suffering for the Lord. In the Bahamas, if I had to eat another lobster tail for Jesus, I'm going to just throw up. But we're here to talk about the love of Christ and what God is doing. And at the beginning of this new year, it's a fantastic story I want to share with you about spiritual warfare and what God can do when you realize who is in charge of our battles. Let me go to the Chronicles. And it starts out of here, 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Verse 12, listen to these words and how powerful these words are. And I think every single one of us can relate to what this message is all about. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We have no way to protect ourselves against this mighty army. We don't even know what to do, but we are looking to you powerful words. Every single one of us in this room has said at one time our lives, facing things. We don't know what to do, but I tell you what, you can look to God He will answer. As the people from every part of Judea stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. This is the part I like. Guys, it's a family matter. You're not out here by yourselves bringing the entire family in your wives, your children, seek the word of God together. And this is what he does. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. Now, I did not go to seminary, so I cannot say these words. John, I know you can, but sure, bear with me. I'm assuming this is Zazaman? Sure. And we'll just make this easy. A nice guy, another guy, another, another guy, and eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he got to the Videous. Well, that's the important part because the Videous were the priests of the Israelites. We got that. Praise the Lord. I don't have to say those words. But this is cool. One of the men stood up, and this is what he said. Listen to me, all of you people of Judah, Judea, and Jerusalem, and you, O King Josephel, he explained, the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be paralyzed by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go and attack them. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God.
1: Well, certainly it's always a treat when we have a guest preacher come and fill the pulpit here at Chestnut Level But today is an extra special treat because we have one of Chestnut Level's own, and that is Bruce Dunham. Bruce grew up in this church. His father was the minister in this church for 36, 37 years, Dick Dunham, and uh, did amazing ministry here, and the ripple effects of his ministry continue uh, in the life and fabric of this body of Christ, and it's always great to have... Uh, one of Chestnut's Level's own, come back and proclaim God's word. The last time Bruce was here was, was not last year, because last year was 2022. It was at the end of 2021. It was actually the last day of 2021, December the 31st. And it's great, just about a year later, to have Bruce Dunham back with us to share God's word, to share what's going on in his life, and to give you some encouraging words about Christmas and about launching out into this new year. And so, Bruce, great to have you with us looking forward. I sometimes see droopy, heavy eyes on Sunday morning, either 8 o'clock or 10:30. If you find yourself dozing off during Bruce, then you were up too late. Party. <laughs> it is impossible to get sleepy-eyed when Bruce Dunham is in the house. Bruce, welcome to Chestnut Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, John was actually the correct on that comment. you got to realize, I gave my father 40 years of preaching material. I, I know, <laughs> he's been in glory for 20 years. I think he's still preaching up there of what did he do and how he put up with this stuff. Hey, uh, guys, it is great to be in God's house. It's great to be home, uh, especially the people online. I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Uh, one great thing about COVID, um, thanks to Mike Henry, your team here, people can watch this service all over the world. We have friends and family. I'm getting a shout out. I got people in Cosmallow watching us this morning. I got people on Maine watching us this morning. I got people in the Caribbean from Charleston, South Carolina, from Liberty Hill, you know, Methodist church. I say Methodist church and the Presbyterian church. People are here, here in the Word of God. And, and people online, this is my home. This is where all this came from. So it's great to be here. We're here to worship God. And I do need to explain one thing to the congregation. You guys have known me my entire life. Is that correct? Do, have you noticed anything different about me? You know what? I don't have a beard. <laughs> well, I need to explain this. This is how bad my beard was. Uh, Sheila and I came down with the crud. I won't get the proper language since I'm in the pulpit, what we call it. Uh, but I was sneezing, blowing my nose, coughing and hacking so bad that I felt like my beard was glued to my face. And I told Sheila... It's got to come off. It has got to come off. So unannounced to her, I shaved my face. It'd be like, Pete, taking your beard off. <laughs> 34 years, she's never seen my bare face. So uh, this is what is going on. But I'm also here to declaim that God has an interesting way to start a new year. So this morning, I get up, do my morning prayers, pray over the church, pray over the sermon, I say, God, let today be your will speak through me." Typical pastor's message, nice cup of tea, beautiful, I feel the Holy Spirit moving in love me Till I go upstairs. I go upstairs, I take my morning shower, and my dear sister and my brother-in-law, they have one of those old-fashioned showers that you know, you get the water at the right temperature, and when you go to click the shower on, you know you pull that little thing up. Well, I forgot the ice-cold water that was going to come out, and being dyslectic, my first reaction was, oh my, and I turned it, so I was woke up with freezing cold water, it's a great way to wake up for the new year. So the Lord got my attention, so I am fired up because I froze to death before I got here, but anyway, I'm here to talk to you about what God and his amazing power and his amazing grace can do for you and me, for each, every one of us and i'm going to continue reading my scripture which again going back is a fantastic message <laughs> so continue on verse 17. this is the great story about this battle i want to talk back so that you guys realize what's going on things are going bad in jerusalem right now king Jezehel, which i cannot pronounce his name correctly his father was very very wicked and did a lot of really bad things but what happened he son took over the throne and he first thing he did was start to eliminate all the evil gods all the shrouds all this stuff he was doing god's will so what happens you ever notice when you do god's will what happens something comes up against us we call it spiritual warfare all of a sudden he got a message that there was this great army out there ready to attack and they were going to destroy them. The numbers are like this. 600,000 men were going up against the Israelites and they had virtually nothing to fight. Their prayer was, God, what are we supposed to do with this mighty army? We can't even defend ourselves. And then the story picks up. And when I read through this scripture, through this passage, think about the spiritual battles to storms, when we have, there's nothing we can do. Listen what God has to say. Verse 17, but you will not need to fight. Take your places, stand quietly, and see the incredible rescue operation God will perform for you. O people of Judea and Jerusalem, I love this. Don't be afraid or discouraged, Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. A little bit further I'm going to pop up to the top here. What they did was immediately they sent his praise and worship team out, and they started to praise and worship the Lord. There's something powerful, praising and worshiping the Lord. There's something powerful when you realize who is really in charge. Earlier, the prophecy said, the battle is not yours. It's already won. And then it says here, as the king brought the people out to meet this force of warriors, he shouted out to them, and this is in verse uh, seventeen. it says, listen to me, O people of Judea and Jerusalem, he said, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be successful. Believe his promise, and everything will be all right. Can I hear an amen for that? Amen. Believe in his prophets, and everything will be all right. And I'm gonna jump right down. The song they were singing was a song from David, it says his loving kindness is forever as they walked out to face this battle. They didn't even take arms, they had no weapons, they went out. To face this mighty force, all they had was the word of God, the praises on their lips, and the fact that they don't have to fight. But you know what? They did have to show up. They did have to show up. And that's the message the church has got to hear today. We've got to show up for the fight. Now listen to the last part of the scripture says here, and at the moment... They began to sing to praise the Lord. The Lord caused a mighty disruption among the enemies. And the enemies began fighting among themselves. 600,000 warriors killed themselves. All they had to do was show up. Father God, I pray that this message will be real and alive, that you will speak to us. Help us to understand the power you have and all we have to do is praise and worship we thank you lord well neat story i got home was it Thursday show? I don't even remember. Now, as I get over, Randy, I don't know if you feel this way. I know Pete, you feel this way. We don't even know what day it is anymore. And now it's just, everything runs together. the other So I'm jumping around. The first thing we did was, of course we did with my dear sister and, and we went to Nick and Jesse's house. And of course they got all these little munchkins running around everywhere. And I come up to Stephen, I said, Stephen, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And remember what you told me? Uncle Bruce, it's not Christmas. It's New Year's, remember that? And what did I tell you? That's the issue. Christmas isn't what we do last week. As a believer in Jesus Christ, Christmas is an everyday process. When they say Emmanuel, God is, with, that's just not on Christmas Eve, well God bless you. And it is year round. And it is for all people. And it's an everyday recognition about number one, who God is, what He's doing in our lives, and we are part of it. Christmas cannot be forgotten. And so often it is. I have a sister in law that the day after Christmas, she literally tears all her decorations out of the house, packs it up, and is like, I'm so glad this is over with. Get ready. The radio, you don't hear Christmas music on the radio. At midnight, she and I were sitting at home listening to the last song, and all of a sudden, midnight, nah, that's it. No more Christmas music. You go to the mall. Where were all these happy, cheerful, merry people? They forget about it, and it's gone. As the year goes on, January, February, we start to get more and more farther away for Christmas. I want to make a very important point out. When you take Christ out of Christmas, now think how Christmas is spelled, C-R-I-S-T, I dig go little more, M-A-S-S, think about it. Take Christ out of it, you have M-E-S-S, I don't spell it too well, but it spells, mess. You have a mess. Anytime you take Christ out of a sinner, of suffering, you end up in a mess. And the problem is we're in a place called spiritual warfare. And sp- spiritual warfare is all around. The closer you get to God, the more the devil just seems to be pounding it. Am I the only one who experienced that? I know I could like, like do a, an amazing thing, and the very next day, well, Christmas morning. We have five broken pipes in our house. Hey, Merry Christmas. I'm underneath the house, gluing things together. But The devil knows when and how. The first thing we got to do is you need to identify the battle plan. You need to identify what is going on with your spiritual warfare. And one of my favorite passages is Ephesians. The first part says, glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. But the most important part is the end of that verse for his master plan of salvation, master plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. See, he had a plan. He knew what needed to be done to change this world. And I love when you study the Old Testament, when you study and know what's going on. And and I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Holy Land. Do you know where Bethlehem is related to the world? This is a great message. Back in the old days, it wasn't east and west. It was north and south, right, John? When you look at where Bethlehem is, where Jesus Christ was born, was in the exact center of everything, either going down to Africa or going up to the other end. He was in the center, and he had a plan. I have a plan. Jesus Christ couldn't have been born at a more better place at a better time to work out on our things. But He had a plan, and we have got to have a plan to understand what to do. This battle plan that I just read through the Scripture is a plan that will help you get through your life. People are fighting. People are carrying on, and it is disturbing to see. And that's what I love about the bells the bell. God's not dead. Trust me, he's quite alive. And he's not asleep. He's wide away. But we're fighting among ourselves. And the worst part is the body of Christ is fighting among ourselves. This is not the plan that God came up with. I did a men's retreat uh, last year, and we pr- preached. It was in Tennessee. Rainy was right out by area. It was probably about 60,000 guys. And we were talking about spiritual warfare, that we are hunted. We are the people who are in the bullseye that the devil's working out. One example was a senior pastor went on a safari in Africa. And during that time, he was going after, I don't know what you call them elk, antelope, or you wanna call those things, but they had horns. They had big horns. And it was an amazing story. And we were watching this video and here they are. They're out there. There was a whole herd, but two of them, two of them are going like this, fighting among themselves. And then what happened, their horns got locked together. Well, in the distance, what you didn't see was a pack of lions were coming in. And so while these were fighting with each other, the lions came in and killed them both because they didn't see what was happening around them. I tell people, what are you fighting with? Addiction, unforgiveness, secret sins, financial brokenness, church body disagreements. When you're like this, you're not going to recognize the real enemy and their enemy is going to come, steal, kill and destroy. So what happened? Number one, identify. Number two, cry out. We don't know what to do. We have no idea how to protect ourselves. But I'm here today to tell you, we don't have to protect ourselves. It's a done deal. When you believe in Jesus Christ, when you put your heart and you live, you eat and breathe and live the gospel, it's a done deal. The battles were already won. I remember one time, she and I went on vacation during Christmas time. This is how crazy we are. Her sister just had the first great-grandchild born into the family up in Vermont. And so we decided to mobilize her family to Vermont for, for Christmas. Well, you all understand, when we're talking about her family, we have a henny cat van because her grandmother had old timers or dysmisia, and the poor woman had a talk in five or six years. Her mother was on oxygen, they also had a broken leg. Her <laughs> grandfather has dismissy? I can't say the words, he, he's crazy, I'm crazy, he was really crazy. <laughs> I had shoulder surgery, and then Shula was the only normal one, she's still the only normal one in our family. So off we go to Vermont from South Carolina. Who in the world goes to Vermont from South Carolina for that many disabled people? This is how bad it was. We had to rent a U-Haul trailer to put the equipment in to take care of these people. We thought we had, and we thought everything was fine. And we We're driving along, We got through Harrisburg on Eighty One, going to New York. I said, "Praise the Lord! We got six more hours. We're going to make it." And all of a sudden, Missus or her grandmother says, "I hear something." So, we're like, squirrel and family vacation. I'm like. The woman hasn't spoken for years. I was like, I hear something. I was like, what? Just all I want to do is get you people here. Well, then Sue's mom said something. And the next thing I know, sure enough, I'll look back at Pete. How many times has this happened to us? There's you all trail. Boom, 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 boom. And, you know, you're not having a bad day when your wheel passes you. <laughs> now we're in snow. I've got all these people, and the wheel of the tire is off this trailer, and what are we going to do? You know what I did? I cried out. I said, Lord, we need help. So what happened? State trooper comes up behind us. Well, as he comes up, he walks around. (laughs) We open up the door she was changing his her grandmother's diaper he walked in here she is she was mom her dad granddad's down here with a urinal and the cops like where are y'all going i said we're going to vermont i said are you all crazy i said no we're going there for christmas and he said good luck and he left us <laughs> What do you do when that happens? You cry out, God, help us. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, so I don't kill these people. <laughs> God's plan. Well, praise the Lord, everything worked out. We got a wheel. Everything got up. We made it to Vermont, and it turned out to be a fantastic experience. that I had in a lower mood, and some great seeds were planted, we came back home, and it was neat. But to that point, I didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. I don't know what situation you guys are in right now. You don't know what to do. I can tell you the first start is cry out. Cry out. The second thing is to listen. Listen to the voice of God. You know, and that was, was a hard thing for me, especially you guys who saw me grow up here. I didn't listen really well. I mean, I, I was one of these kids, as you guys know, I'm super hyper. I was crazy. I did one about. but I never did a good job of listening. We've got to learn to pay attention to what God is saying. Be still and know I am God. Trust me, I used to think it was goofy to have to have a quiet time. But man, it's important to have quiet time. I mean, it could be in the morning. It could be in the afternoon. Take your time. Listen to what God has got to say. Next, go. Go, go, go. That's the problem with a lot of Christians right now. We'll sit back, wring our hands, put our head in the sand, and we were not made to be a bunch of wimps. We are warriors. And God didn't just throw his blood out for us just to step over it. He's expecting us to engage in battle. And as I got older, in the mission field, battle is amazing. And when you need to understand, have you seen the power of God move? It's powerful. I mean, in my career, I can't tell you how many hurricanes I've gone through. I can't tell you how many violent situations I've been a part of. I can't tell you healings. I have seen God is powerful and manual. <laughs> it's I, Chris this morning. God is with us continuously every single day. The next thing you got to believe in order to believe, you gotta have the right answers to understand. And this holy book has the answer to everything we need to know, to get you through life. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But God's word is made for us to study, to learn, to apply. One of my favorite movies, and people say, I actually look at this character, is you ever saw the movie Back to the Future? I love that one, I I love the professor, you know, and I I love when they go back to the future. And what happened was, there was a bad guy got on the time machine and somehow he got back to the future with the other guys remember he picked up a comment, he picked up a book and in that book had all the sports scores all the winning people all what was going to happen in the future he had that book when well, they came back to the reality of the time which is right now but what he did was he had all the answers to everything in that book unfortunately he used it for bad he became a billionaire, winning all these sports money. We all saw a guy because he knew who was going to win. He knew what was going on. And he made this amazing kingdom that eventually fell apart because it was based on evil. But you guys want to know something. We have a sports book, the Word of God. Tell us We already know who's going to win. Read Revelations. You, know? you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that up. The Word of God is alive, and it's well, and it's meant to be applied to what we are doing to our everyday life. Sort of like the kids' lesson. How's your batteries? Have you got some good batteries in here, or uh, is there nothing there? Is there anything in your battery pack? What do you want to do? You want to be a bright light? You want to be a great-looking flashlight with no batteries in it? That's a spiritual question to you guys. And it can be fixed real quickly, real quickly. That's what I love about Chestnut Level. You guys have so much amazing ministry here, and I'm so proud of this congregation. And the years, I should know this, how many years, 300 and how many years, John, 360 years of ministry of this congregation has been alive and well? Absolutely amazing. I look at myself, I'm so happy all my friends and the neighborhood kids. When I say neighborhood, I'm I'm not going to ask you guys to stand up. but we got the old neighborhood gang. When I was a child, we all grew up together and played together. God's words in each and every one of us. And it's neat to see how God has worked. But John said, yeah, dad was here. But when I look at the older congregation, those seeds were planting you guys. The church is a thriving. Yeah, God's not dead, and he's not asleep. He is shaking and he's moving through you guys. So now you believe. You believe. With that belief, we will be successful. The most important thing is worship. When they started to praise God, when they started to go out toe to toe, the moment they started to praise the Lord, something amazing happened. The devil fought against himself and he was destroyed. Can I hear an amen on that? Praise and worship. That's all love with Eric of the praise team. Praise music. How important it is. I was just talking to Jesse our day. What a gift for you guys to praise the same music. Listening music, there's Christian radio stations. There's all sorts of stuff that can fill your hearts. You know you always saying garbage in, garbage out. It's true. And that's the spiritual thing, too. If you're listening to weird, crazy stuff, you're going to be thinking about weird and crazy things. I didn't start to be happy-go-lucky until I started to really listen to Christian radio, music, praise and worship stuff, and now I'm dancing all over the place. It makes a difference. And that's about knees nice. The neat thing about that battle was this. They collected the loot. Six hundred thousand warriors going against the little tiny little Israelites. who had nothing but praise. It took them three days to collect all the loot from all what took place in that battle. Swords, money, gold, who knows what else. Three days they collected. In fact, they couldn't even take this whole this stuff back. It was so much. And God continues to bless and bless. I'm going to try to get through this uh, next part. It's always hard to mention this. But there was a young man 78 years ago that cried out to God for help, and that was uh, my father. It was the Battle of the Bulge. It was two days ago from yesterday. He was the first scout on his patrol. Three months before the battle started, his father gave us a go to verse. He said, Be strong and courageous. Banish out, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you are. When dad went into that first round, they didn't realize he was the hit point when the Battle of the Bulge started out. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he got hit by a German tank shell. And his leg was completely shattered. And the older people of this congregation remember, you never saw my father walk without a limp. And he was in pain, continuously pain. And he cried out. And remember, Diane, how they used to talk about his, his biggest fear was the crunching of snow. I do not know y'all ever knew this, y'all were talking, dad couldn't stand, crunch, 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 that's what happened, he was hit early in the morning. He tells his story, the ground was frozen, he could hear the German tanks coming, and then the tanks went past him, and he was in a foxhole, and he cried out to God, and his cry was this verse, I can't protect myself, I can't do anything, what am I supposed to do? He had a tourniquet on. What saved his life was it was below zero, and his blood was thick. So he used a tourniquet for all that time to get through. When nighttime came, the Germans at that time were just shooting all Americans. And he could hear those footsteps crunch, crunch. Remember Diane? Crunch. And uh, he would tell his story. His buddies were just shot, shot and he heard the footsteps come to his hole. He cried out, God, what am I supposed to do? But what happened was the Germans went past him and he was in that hole. Somehow at three o'clock in the morning, his friends came back, got him out of that foxhole and brought him back behind and eventually got him on, Medical attention was pretty interesting, because on his way back home, the devil wasn't done tormenting him. He was in a hospital train, and as this train was going back to England, it was attacked by a German airplane. They remember this, dying Rich, The two guys above that were killed. The bullet stopped on the second person, and he was still crying out, "God, what's going on?" Well that then. To three and a half years of surgeries, going into practice, understanding, it gave him a lot of time to think and to pray and worship. Crying out to God, he listened. You know what God told him to do? God told him to go into ministry. And that's what he did. He went in, hobbling around, four years of college. Three years of seminary, and he did. Remember, my dad wasn't educated, and that was an act of God. But God was so good when he cried out, he listened, and he said, It's not your battle, Dick Donald. The battle is already won. Through this time, he was blessed. He never thought he was ever going to have a wife, and uh, our mother, and then the Lord brought him here. Who would ever believe? This soldier who cried out in the middle of a battlefield with little hopes of surviving would be your lead pastor here for almost 40 years. And I see you guys here and realize those seeds for the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. I remember dad used to tell me the story. He said, son, never be afraid. Never back down and you always go forward, because God will get you through your battle, and he did. And it's interesting, if you think about when his leg was shrouded, it only took this leg out. How come the other leg wasn't taken out? When a tank shell explodes, you know how big the shrapnel was? God had a plan, like God has a plan for each and every one of you guys. And it was really neat, and I had the honor uh, preaching dad's funeral right here when he was laid out, and I remember uh, talking to Reynolds, and the Reynolds taught me after the service. He said, "How did your father do what he did? Because as they prepared his body, it was so twisted, so turned, so broken. And if you people knew my father, you never saw a man so full of love and grace and peace as what he was." And I'm here to celebrate today that that piece of passive understanding can and is available to each and every one of you guys. And that is a call of total surrender to understand who Jesus Christ is. And he can and he will change your life. And as we're going through this new year, I'm going to challenge you guys right now what is God telling you? and what are you gonna do about it? When I preach, that's my challenge. I like to ask people, what do you need to do? Do you need to cry out? Do you need to do some forgiveness? Do you need to change some thinking habits? What is God telling you, and what are you gonna do about it? And remember guys, anytime you take Christ away, you're gonna have a mess. On the good is this: Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God is with us. The joy, the peace, the power, and excitement of Jesus Christ is available to each and every one of us, every day, everywhere. And all we had to do is shout out, "Here I am," and enjoy the victory, and go. And that's why I choose my last hymn as. Go tell it on the mountain. Keep your batteries charged. Keep away from fighting among each other. And go spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.